Okay, so hi, Annemiek. Hello, how are you? I'm doing well. Yeah. So. Okay. Sorry, I'm just well, getting we'll my setup in. here. Yep. Oh, okay. So do you want to start? Because I'm not great at opening spiels. Yeah, sure, I'll, I'll spiel. <laughs> um. All right, so I, um, Paul Vanderclay has kind of been talking a lot about this generational handoff business. And honestly, at first I thought he was just kind of being like, you know, kind of dour, negative, grumpy thing. But like the more I've been thinking about it and I just read um, The Madness of Crowds and the women chapter like super concerned me. <laughs> and so I've been kind of mulling it around. And okay. so um, part of my kind of like mindset is I try not to complain too much about things that uh, I don't have a plan to somehow fix. And so it's kind of been like just, you know, wearing upon me this whole like American girls being crazy business when I have no action points to like help the situation. So I've been yep. mulling on it. Yeah. And I have an idea I want to run by you as a female university student. Um, okay. I think there's probably like a decade between us age-wise, I imagine. And maybe you can tell oh. me, uh, you can tell me like how, how it sounds. I've been colonized by living overseas for six or seven years. So sometimes I forget how, um, weird I am because, you know, it's the water I swim in. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what I was hoping to get from this conversation today, if you're on board. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm on board with that. The only thing is I'm not exactly your typical female university student in that I did grow up quite sheltered. So, but uh, I am exposed very much to that culture. Yeah, no, and I heard your talk with Paul and I thought that you um, actually interact with a lot of um, people that remind me of you in that, so I'm on the mission field, so a lot of people are principal. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, your tribe just has like very firm, I so admire a lot of people like you because I don't know, you have kind of a firm grasp on your, you seem to have a firm grasp on a lot of your thoughts, even for someone as young as you are, I don't know, you struck me as an old soul and you kind of have a coherent, cogent grasp of your ideas. So I'm excited. Oh, thanks. <laughs> well, go ahead. <laughs> All right, so. Bring on the ideas. <laughs> so we had that conversation, what, like three weeks ago about um, maybe some kind of like institutional change within the workplace to help uh, integrate women. And we kind of left off of like, unsure about the, okay. Time. Um, <laughs> what is time anyway? 
<laughs> it's very open here. <laughs> um, so I kind of came away from that conversation really thinking that a lot of the problems or the, the, the place in the cycle to break that would be within the home, you know, like um, parents raising girls who um, have an idea of the choices set in front of them, but also have an idea of the obstacles they will encounter uh, should they choose, you know, depending on the course they take. And that's something that I, I really do feel like would make a lot of difference, you know, and, and I don't know, this is something I guess I wanted to ask you as you said, you're not normal, but you're, you're around other, I don't know, quote unquote, normal, whatever that means, university students yeah. and like, do you think that girls, mm -hmm. like, as they're thinking about their career paths, are they like, are they factoring in motherhood? Do you, I don't know. I know that's not like an everyday conversation you have with your friends, but. Yeah, um, a lot of the, the other girls my age in university, I find that they, they typically go because they don't know what they really want to do with their lives. And so they figure that, um, it's probably a safe bet. And there's very much also this culture of, you know, being an empowered woman, whatever that's supposed to mean. And so there, there's a certain pressure to going, but also they feel like it's it's sort of a way of being able to put off making hard decisions, um, from what I understand. So they're not really thinking so much about family down the line because they kind of they kind of don't want to think about that. I don't think it helps that a lot of them come from, you know, messed up families. You know, the divorce rate is just through and through. So I think those factors all, all play into this. Definitely. Yeah. 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 Well, so that was actually going to be my main talking point up until like literally this morning I woke up and I had this big idea that I want to share with you, but my, yeah, I mean, I think I, I do feel like long-term solution, like sustainable, sustainability wise would be, you know, parents being real with their daughters and being like, listen, daughter, you're a genius and you can do whatever you want, but you should know that like you have a limited, you know, motherhood should factor in there. And I don't know, talk about finding meaning in motherhood. And I don't know, I know that's super awkward as a parent to do and I don't even know how you do it, but yeah. I do feel like a lot of the conversations have been, yeah. haven't happened. Uh -huh, for sure. And it's really interesting too, because coming from my background, the, the Dutch reform background, um, people aren't as commonly going to university. It's um, I find my general theory is that way too many people go to university. The only people who should really go to university are those who are looking into getting very specialized careers and jobs. And a lot of people are just going because they're told that's what they ought to do. Um, so, for example, you're not seeing a lot of people going into trades, but you're also not seeing a lot of young women intentionally pursuing family. Um, that's and it's funny because that's not so much problem in the in the Dutch reform community that I'm from. A lot of guys go into trades, a lot of women they they work for maybe like two years after high school and then they get married and have kids. It it works out pretty well. I mean 
I do kind of get a lot of weird looks for going to university. So maybe it's even a little too much on the traditional side, but still, it's, uh, I think it works out pretty well the way we have it in the Dutch reform community. And I think perhaps the, the overemphasis on doing trades and going into families will be back on air. I, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Okay. Yep. I can hear you now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Did you, uh, did you catch what I was saying or did it kind of glitch out? But, yes. I, um, I'd agree. Can you hear me? A lot oh. of people going to school when they don't need to necessarily. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so kind of the whole situation reminded me of something that happens here in um, Africa to me that I thought was like kind of a good analogy of um, if I am lost and I pull over to ask someone directions, um, because it's a shame honor society, people are gonna give me directions whether they know, <laughs> whether they're correct or not. It's just what you do. Ouch. And so then oh. I drive away and they feel like happy that they help me. And I feel happy that they help me as well until I realize they're not good directions. <laughs> and then I feel angry oh, at them. And I kind yeah. of feel like that, that's how, um, you know, parents and teachers are going to end up being felt toward in you know 20 30 years to these girls that they tell you know you you do what you want and like you don't have to make any sacrifices at all and you be you you know and um when these girls are gonna hit you know 30 or whatever and realize like uh actually you know this is like a <laughs> i've got some limitations here that no one like really reiterated for me yeah so it's gonna be that exact situation Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Oh, that's it's it, it's interesting. My um my mom, she grew up in the Netherlands. She came here when she was twenty to marry my dad. Um, she was considered pretty smart. She had a bunch of pretty smart friends, and it's really it's really strange when she uh, she'll like find them on Facebook or whatever. Her old friends from high school and it's looking at their lives she's like well I, I think I got the better end of the deal here you know so it'll be it'll be fascinating to see what pans out in 20 years though I suspect it'll be rather sad yeah I also suspect that and I'm like hoping we can kind of turn this boat around you know um and so that kind of leads me to my big idea. So child rearing, I feel like in the long run, that's the long-term goal. And that should be, you know, what parents and teachers go toward. I myself am neither a parent nor a teacher. But yeah, so you're an expert. Think, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I have no like personal ties to the situation. <laughs> uh, um, well, you care about it. So that's a start. Yeah. Yes. I think that, drum roll please, Jordan Peterson should either 
take on a female partner or work on himself, like rebranding or like rewriting a 12 rules for life for women. And so it would not be the 12 rules for life title because it's a very masculine title. But I feel like the material I mean, within like the, the book. I feel like the girls who like Jordan Peterson, women who like Jordan Peterson are um, a certain, I, I don't think all women, I know all women don't like Jordan Peterson because of some of the presentation of his material. It's not the material itself. Yeah. It's the way it's presented and communicated. Would you, would you agree with that? Yeah, the, the whole, you know, kill the dragon, get the gold kind of thing that it's, especially when people don't grow up on fairy tales, I can see how they would not be attracted to that. Definitely. Well, and like, I try to show my female, female friends, Jordan Peterson videos, and like women just don't need a, an old guy yelling at them. Like, that's not something that they ever wake up wanting to watch a video on YouTube about about whereas men, i mean men react well to like a father type figure telling them how to live their life like and that has worked really well but women communicate differently and so i i feel like the material is super helpful and could change could change a lot of things but it would need to be um re like communicated in in different contexts and um uh, rebranding essentially yeah, yeah. You know, like I mean, he himself well, says, you know, we're all about. Sorry, go on. Don't know that it would. I'm a bit of a pessimist here. Let's be honest. I um, I'm not so certain that anything could really steer the boat around. Um, I think things could be done to make the situation a little less bad, but I I think that ultimately it's just kind of, it's, it's the death of God panning out, and you can do what, you, you may do what you may to, to try to mitigate the situation, but it's, it's a philosophical problem at, at its base. Yeah, I'd agree with that. But I think just as you see men, I think, you know, more men being drawn back toward God through Jordan Peterson, I, I think the same could happen with women. Yeah, um, you, you might be able to get a subculture. That, 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 would, that would improve things, maybe. <laughs> and, well, Sorry, just I as probably you're passionate like enough. <laughs> no, you really don't. Yeah. You really don't. I need a little balance. I'm, I'm a Pollyanna. We we landed on the moon for heaven's sake. I'm I'm just I'm super optimistic. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, oh. I think I think potentially maybe. Oh, he said. Oh, I just I was gonna, I was gonna kind of not finish. <laughs> I was just gonna expound on this Jordan Peterson for women idea. Um, Okay. Because I, I really, do, I think, you know, just as he says, like women relationships are our most important thing. And if you follow the precepts that he's laid out, like they can really change the way we relate to people for the better. And part of, <clears throat> so part of, part of my life here is like 
realizing how I can manage my own stress. And I read a really good book called um, Expectations and Burnout for Women. And it's just about how Joy. If, if, if we as women have unrealistic expectations, we are going to burn out. Like that's just kind of how, how we work. And so I feel like if, if he could set, you know, if he could help set, you know, realistic expectations, you know, okay, if you're going to be a working woman, a woman, like, you know, here are some, here's some stresses you're going to face and like, know it's coming and be prepared for it. That can cut back on a lot of the burnout and maybe, maybe, you know, maybe some women will decide, you know, maybe I do want to focus on my family and not have to deal with these roadblocks. Um, I feel like he lays, he lays a lot well, of that out. I think even more important than having a, like some kind of a book or movement for Satan would just be to, I think the important thing would to be have kind of support groups and friendship groups for women, because I find that the state of female friendship in general nowadays is just pretty bad. You know, we were talking in our discussion about women. Yeah, you know what? Women in the workplace, they can often be pretty catty to each other, more so than a lot of men realize. And um, that's, that's kind of characteristic of what I see in a lot of female, quote unquote, friendships at university, for example, that it's it's a lot of women trying to climb a social hierarchy and using other women to do that. And I think that what would what would really need to happen would be to be a revaluing of feminine characteristics and for women to learn to appreciate um, other women too. Because I feel like a lot of the problems with the, uh, with the collapse of the family nowadays is that women are trying to be like men. They're, they're trying to be assertive, they're trying to be career oriented, they're, they're trying to climb these social hierarchies and it's, it's really not healthy. It's not good for individual women and it's not good for class of women as Can you hear me? I hear you now. The last thing I heard you say was it's really not good for women in general, I think. And I'd agree. Yeah. I'd agree with that. For sure. I, I was thinking about that too, just like for marriage. It's not it's it it makes marriage harder. Um when you yeah, when you're in the workplace and you're competing against men, I mean there's an automatic competitive spirit set up. And you want to make sure that you get the credit for the things that you do so you're not stomped over and like passed over for promotions and then you know you so then you come home and you're with your husband and like you guys are supposed to be on the same team fighting against the world and it becomes more of a fighting against each other situation because women aren't good at switching from work to home life like it's all one room up in our head it's not separate rooms like men it's all there so yeah i'd agree with that yeah, that said, I don't think women should pull out of the workforce entirely. Like, for example, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to get into, uh, into research in the long term, archaeological research, ancient languages research. And I think that would honestly be, be good for me. But then, of course, 
finding that balance between work and life is going to be incredibly difficult down the road. I don't know. Yeah, no, I'd agree. I don't think women should pull out. I'm not I'm not for that either. Well, I'm really just you, sorry. Yeah. Sometimes you see like a lot of the uh, super conservative kind of big themes and uh, evangelical culture can sometimes say, you know what, women should just pull out of the workforce entirely and stay at home. And it's like, well, maybe not. I mean, it's debatable whether that was even traditional, <laughs> you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just see like men have been empowered by Jordan Peterson, you know, for example, telling them, hey, you know, like you live in a free society and it's totally your prerogative to stay home and watch porn. Just realize that like the habits and traits you are cultivating are like literally making it more difficult for you to like have a real life and wife and stuff down the line. Like, so he lays that truth on the table and lets them do with it what they will. And I just feel like the same could be done for young women. Like, hey, you yeah, get to show choose. them a better way. Yeah, just give them all the, the information available about the paths they want to take. And I feel like that's truly being empowering to women, telling them, hey, take this road because it's, it's like the new way without telling them all the information that's not actually empowering. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and I think part of it too is going to—it's going to be important for um, mentorship to be cultivated because I think a lot more women would be interested in pursuing family life if they actually saw functioning, healthy families and mothers working in those families. So I think the church could be very influential in that because you will find more healthier families, I think, in the church than anywhere else. So perhaps the church should be very intentional about fostering those kinds of mentored, mentoring relationships. Yeah, I'd agree with that for sure. For sure. I'm kind of bummed that you're not more on board with my book idea because I am like, wanting the thing is just looking at what women read they don't typically read that kind of stuff like i don't know all the women i grew up with would read Amish romance novels which is oh gag <laughs> um yeah but, <laughs> so i don't i i don't think a book would be the most effective way of communicating it to them um, maybe if there were some kind of like a lecture series that would potentially be more interesting to them. I just suspect that. Um, or podcasts, but I don't think uh, a book would be the most effective. Okay, well, but, I didn't share this whole... My... All right. It would need to be rebranded. So, like, I would, I would, in order to draw, like, cast a wider net, I would actually... Jordan Peterson would probably disapprove. I would go, like... It would be some kind of thing that would draw would draw women in, like uh, if we had to title it something dumb, like "How to Get a Man Worth Keeping" or something like that. Will draw oh. women in. Maybe <laughs> a lot of women will buy it, but they might not like. It might be like in secret or whatever. It's going to be one of. It could be one of. It could be one of those self help books 
people, just like Jordan Peterson, people were drawn in by the, uh, people kept saying we were drawn in by the uh, spectacle and we stayed for the content or something. I can't remember what. And like, sorry. Oh, sorry. Nope. Nope. Okay, I'm back. Ah, victory. So whatever is going to get the book into the girl's hands is what I would do, basically. I I just had an idea. Um, you know, I don't think nonfiction would be super uh, super popular, but maybe if you were to somehow get some really good novelists and that sort of thing on board, because I think women generally. Um, a lot of women are more pulled into story, I would say, because they're looking for relationships and this kind of thing. So potentially if you were to get a really good novelist on board or something like that, which would incorporate these kinds of things, that perhaps that would that would be a good marketing, marketing scheme. That's an interesting like idea. Out of here. <laughs> I know. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, like I said on the thing, give me the crown and I will rule the world. I have definite opinions about everything, not really everything. <laughs> I just am also dealing with this, weird, I'm, I'm dealing with this weird misplaced guilt of like, I feel like I left America and America broke. And now I don't know, I'm like, <laughs> I have to fix it. <laughs> uh, uh, good luck with that. Good luck, Shelly. I know. <laughs> yeah. Um, um. Well, so that's kind of I, I did I did think if we, if I left it if we if I I'm not writing this book but I want someone to if it was left in nonfiction form it would have to a lot of anecdotes would have to be added you know like each rule could still be a chapter but it would be like you know Brittany has a hard time I can't even I can't even do it off the cuff but like do three or four you gotta, anecdotes. you've got to raise the pitch of your voice too <laughs> <laughs> true oh, <sorry>. yes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, but, I, I get what you mean. Um, a lot of books marketed to women that are nonfiction do use. Um, uh, personally, I, I find it annoying, but a lot of anecdotes. Yeah, well, I mean, Peterson says that women share, like, we share through shared story. Like, like <laughs> that is cathartic to us. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. I, I, I totally understand why it's used, because it is very effective at keeping people interested especially women um, <clears throat> I'd agree like like you said podcast is another option or I was also thinking like short um, accessible videos kind of like um, you know the yeah, Bible project would, just, you know like really good animation um, you know, keep them yeah. five to ten minutes long. Some artists on board. See where it goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That 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 could work. Because I do think another. Out. Yes. Yeah, that's true. Sorry. I mean, sorry. We keep. <laughs> another option would be. Um, because I do think, you know, YouTube is a, a, a male, you know, a male space and that's kind of been talked to death. But I think one of the reasons is um, women, you know, whether they're working inside or outside the home, when they have free time, they're, they're not going to spend that 
generally, they're not spending that hour and a half watching a lecture. You know, they're cooking, they're streaming, so like, quarter, quarter bites. So it would have to be appealing and accessible. And, and, and also, um, did you watch, it was on The General like a month ago, so probably not. Someone put on there this Benjamin Owen um, comedian clip about the differences between how women and men um, communicate. Oh, no. Okay, so I'll just give you a quick rundown of the more appropriate part of the video was like this, the wife or the girlfriend is shivering. She and her boyfriend are sitting on the couch and she's shivering, thinking, I'm shivering. He should see this and go get me a blanket. And, <laughs> and the man is just like, yeah, totally not catching it. And he said, you know, if she wants him to do this, then what she should be like is, you know, Hey babe, I'm I'm cold. Can you go get me a blanket? And he's like, you know, men like a mission, and they'll go get the blanket, and you know, they'll be happy, and she'll be happy, and it works out. But I thought that was actually super spot on for the way women receive information and like requests. So like, I I kind of do see why, especially working women, yeah, couldn't get on the Jordan Peterson train. You know, as I said earlier, because he's 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 quite direct and men react quite well, but I feel like a, a woman, I feel like it would be better coming from a woman and also like a woman like presenting the scientific data that Jordan put forth, like, hey, by age four, you'll know if your kid is a sociopath or not, you know? And like, yeah. what woman is want her kid to be a sociopath? Like, that's a pretty strong draw to, to listen. And, and then present the information and then kind of give this choice or the option and kind of leave it out there. Cause it's super important for us as women to like make the choice ourselves. Like, you know, whether that's logical or not, I feel like, do you, do you think that's true? Or maybe that's just me. Well, I think the issue with women and making decisions is that um, they're often led by intuition more than anything else. So, unless you give them very good reason to act against their intuition, they're unlikely to change their minds. At least that's what I've observed in general. And so um, I think the best way to frame it would be to kind of turn the stats into a coherent narrative. Um, sorry, were you saying something? Um, I don't know. But I think, I think women are kind of underinformed about um, the implications of certain choices they make and that the fact that a lot of choices you make, you can't go back, you know? If you go to university for four years, you don't have those four years again, sorry. Um, so I think a lot of them live kind of under this naive impression that they can do whatever they want and they won't face the consequences, at least not for another 30 years. To be able to present the stats in a coherent narrative that they would find compelling um, and might change how they, how they feel, I think would be important. 
Yeah, I totally agree with that. That's something in one of his Q and A's, Jordan Peterson talked about how we're super unfair about history where, you know, we talk about women suffering in the past, but he makes the point that men suffered in the past too. Like when we're going out and, you know, dying in the coal mines or whatever. And um, how, uh, yeah, it, I feel like we're very naive as women. Like if I, if I wanna, it's not like there, 24 hours change. There's, a, there's 24 hours in a day. So if I wanna continue my job, and have a kid. Um, I know. I know some families have to do that, and so just and just so just doing realistic expectations of like, okay, I work you know nine to five. And my kid gets home from school, and depending on his bedtime, I've got like four hours, five hours a day with him. Um, I just have to be super deliberate in the life, you know, the life lessons I'm going to pass on him or her in the four to five hours I have every day, and just you know, being deliberate about that and, and, and just realizing that from the get-go. Oh, and I don't think that we should totally neglect the role of men in this too. I think there is a, there's a time and a place for stay-at-home dads too. I don't think caring for the children has to be an exclusively feminine role by any means. Um, but to just be able to find that balance because I think women in general will will be a lot happier taking care of the kids and being involved in family life, although not always, obviously. But then also to recognize that the fathers should be involved too. They shouldn't just go to work, you know, 40 to however many hours a week and then come home at night. That's not healthy either. Agreed. Agreed. But don't you think that modern day media, like, you know, Hallmark movies, books, whatever, I feel like um, in society that 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 message is communicated more where you've got this high powered CEO dad who, you know, at the, the end of the movie he realizes, oh, hey, my kid, my kid doesn't, you know, this relationship isn't good. I'm not that. Like that's a, a thing you see in the movies today. And and I feel like we have to start doing that with you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, in media, they often do kind of try to tell men to be more involved in their kids' lives, which is great. You know, they should. But then they kind of tell women they ought to be all powerful and assertive. And that's, that's an issue. Um, it's definitely part of the problem is definitely the uh, media portrayal of women. You know, you, you get like these superhero movies where they're all like physically aggressive, and incredibly intelligent, and just very good looking. And you're like, well, it's not really how women are, you know. <laughs> you know, by the way, aging is a thing. <laughs> right, right, right. So, yeah. Yeah, that kind of reminds me of like the other point I had if moving back in the life stage cycle to this whole courting part. I feel like, um, yeah, back to the generational handoff. Um, I don't even know who to blame and it doesn't really matter. I'm not like, you know, here to blame someone, but I feel like, yeah, as women, we lie to ourselves about our expectations of what we want. I think a lot of women say, you know, I just, I want to be a career woman when like deep down they actually do want to get married and have a family 
but they feel like it's like an unacceptable thing to do. And then I feel like men uh, kind of intuitively know that that's a lie, but you like a man can't, a man's going to be a super jerk if he says that. Like they, there's not a like, there's not a like an accepted way to say that to a woman. And so I feel like we're at this weird standstill and like courting, dating, whatever you call it, mating is already like super vulnerable and super awkward. And now we've added lying into the mix. It just seems like such a bad idea. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a weird world out there. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like modern dating is just crazy, though. Like seeing seeing all these relationships that people get into at school and just it's it's really bad. It evaporates incredibly quickly. It's I feel like most people are in relationships, or at least most people my age are, they, they get into romantic relationships for their own purposes rather than, rather than seeing mutual growth. They, they want the status just to feel loved or whatever. So I think the, uh, the purpose why people got or get into relationships has shifted now too. So that's part of the problem. Well, yeah, I would agree. Which is also why I think a lot of a lot of married couples wind up divorcing because they have the wrong idea to begin with, or why a lot of them intentionally choose never to have kids, so on and so forth. Um. Again, agree. I feel like within the church culture, you know, you've got these chick flicks of like, he's the one, you know, she's the one, he's the yeah. one. And like, we know that, I mean, I think most people, I don't know, I feel like most people know that's not the case. But then I feel like within church culture, we just took it and we're like, he's the one. And then we tag on that God has for me or whatever. Like, we add God into the picture. Uh, and bad idea. <laughs> bad idea as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, within my own subculture, the, the Dutch reform community, you do see a bit of a, a bit of a, an overreaction in the opposite direction of what you see in culture, where you know you get like the uh, the I kiss dating goodbye kind of culture, where I totally read that into a relationship. Oh, I, I never read that one, but um, I, I grew up steeped in that kind of culture. Um, and, you know, to a certain extent, my parents buy into that too, so that's, that's, that's always kind of awkward. But um, it's, it's kind of a, an overreaction in the opposite direction where they think that every, every romantic relationship is like the end all be all, and that's, that's not healthy either. So you've got to find some kind of a middle ground where it's neither entirely um, transient and vapid, but neither is it, you know, very serious and you need to like approach it with a type of whole kind of thing. Well, in my 
hypothetical book, in this hypothetical book, I mean, I feel like Jordan Peterson lays that out to men well, like marriage is hard work. Like you, you work at it. And I feel like women really need to hear that too. Like we're all about the romance, but like, I don't know, for me, it's more romantic if, you know, if my husband were gonna like see me on my worst days and decide to work through it, cause I, you know, the relationship is worth that. And be like, oh, we're meant to be together. You're the one. Kind of yeah. a fatalistic. Oh, yeah, fatalism. Joy. Um, Yeah, for sure, though, um, I I think people underestimate how much work goes into healthy marriage. Seeing how different relationships and uh, people around me, how they crumble, and it's inevitably uh, a common factor is almost always that they, they underestimated how hard it would be. Which is, which is also why I, I stay away from that stuff. Because I'm like, you know what? I don't want to get into that right now. I'd rather focus on studies, you know? Because it's kind of terrifying. Kinda, oh my gosh. Kind of terrifying. Terrifying, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know that as time goes on, the implications of bungling bungling it up get worse and worse you know it's one thing if you're dating for a couple months and you break up but if you're married with like a bunch of kids oof oof that's another thing that you know peterson talks about lots of people have talked about but this whole idea that women can date casually just as well as men can um (laughs) it's a big fat lie (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Although I don't, yeah. I don't think men should date casually either, because it it kind of gives them a bad idea of what women are like. Kind of gives them a consumerist idea of relationships. And that's not healthy. True. That's true. I'm just less. I'm. I guess. I'm less. Um what it was the word I, I feel less com- confident about saying what men should and shouldn't do since I am not inside a man's head like I've, I've, I've read about how their brain works but I you know I'm not in their head <laughs> oh I stopped being able to hear you can you hear me I hear you And I just disconnected. Can you hear me? Yep, I can hear you. All right, perfect. I don't know why the Wi-Fi is so bad, but it is. Anything else you wanted to touch on? Well, um, you can talk through. I guess we had, yeah, no, I I had one last anecdote, I guess, since we established how much women like anecdotes. (laughs) <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So I live in a um, like a pretty uh, traditional polygamous society here in West Africa, and um, one day, this was like three or four years ago. Um, I was talking to my friend, and he asked me how old I was, and I told him, and he said, uh, translated, it was like, "Oh, well, you should, you should be doing everything possible now to have a kid, right?" <laughs> and I was like, 
scandalized, you know, as any good Western woman. But like now a couple of years have passed and I'm like, actually, like they're just kind of more honest with um, <laughs> with women, I guess. And I mean, I'm not saying I'm not saying one is more, you know, one's right and one's wrong. I was just realizing that like as a society, they're, they're kind of more open and blunt about like women find meaning in child in in family, you know, and that's kind of an accepted fact in their society as opposed to the West. Oh, sorry, that's sorry, all I my have. siblings are distracting me. I, <laughs> uh, they, they were making faces at me through the window. Um, yeah, <laughs> big family, fun times. Um, where, yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, I feel, oh, sorry, just trying to figure out. No, no, my sister's not here. Um, yeah, for for sure, um, a lot of women aren't kind of told how, how important it is to have kids and how, as time goes on, that becomes more urgent. But at the same time, like, I don't know, I feel like I'm at the... The fact that I'm already getting that and I'm only 18 is... Like, my grandparents are trying to pressure me into that kind of thing, and I'm like, you know what, nah. <laughs> so I, I don't think you should overcompensate and push it at like very young age either. No, you're right. I'd agree. Balance. Yeah, this has been good. I don't I don't have anything else to add. Um, I'll like throw in a caveat to any women who may possibly get offended of having lived in Africa for seven years and my filters are kind of calibrated differently these days. <laughs> so yeah, and I'm Frisian, so. Yeah, well, thanks for taking the time. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Any Anytime, I'm not exceptionally busy, so if you ever want to talk. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good talking to you. All right, you too. Joe, but yeah, we're done. Yeah, I'm oh, sorry.